This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly here in Studio B as the Pelicans got in late last night from Denver, Colorado. And Sean's getting set for a Saints game day as the Saints take on the Lions on Monday Night Football. Happy Monday to you all. I know Mondays are not usually the happiest day since you're back at work from a weekend off of not working. But Saints are playing tonight, Monday Night Football against the Lions, nationally televised. And the Pelicans are coming off a big win to end their road trip over the Nuggets last night, 130-125, who's probably not having a good Monday. Steve Harvey, Miss Universe pageant there last night. Oof, what an awkward situation there in Las Vegas after all that went down. We'll kind of talk about that in our fifth segment with Tremera from the Pelicans dance team and John DeShazer. Uh, don't want to be Steve Harvey right now, that's for sure. But we got a lot to talk about here on this Monday including a Saints-Lions preview. We'll have a full preview today with John DeShazer from NewOrleansaints.com, Larry Holder, Saints columnist for NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And um, a special ceremony will happen during halftime tonight at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That's Saints Hall of Fame kicker Morn Anderson will join the Saints Ring of Honor. J.D. had the chance to talk to him, so we'll have Morn Anderson on the show as well. So a big Saints game day preview for you today. And, of course, we'll, we have to talk some Pelicans right now on this Monday as the Pelicans, again, if you like offense, you got that last night in the game. If you like defense, you had to look somewhere else because the Pelicans, a season high, 130 points. They let up 125, but they ended up getting the win. It was kind of a weird game. You had Anthony Davis blew up for 19 points in the first quarter alone, but then he was battling a virus all day. He leaves the game after the first, misses the whole second and third quarter, Comes back in the fourth, makes an impact, finishes with 27 points, six rebounds on 9 of 13, shooting in just 19 minutes of play, and he was still your leading scorer. 19 minutes, and you lead the team with 27 points and four huge blocks in the last two and a half minutes. As the Pelicans approved to 8 and 19, they salvaged the road trip as they finished 2 and 3 on the five-game road trip and don't play now until Wednesday against the Portland Trailblazers. Still only four games back of a playoff spot, hard to believe, but uh, you can knock out one of the teams that's in front of you with the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday. And then, of course, a couple of big games, Miami Heat on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas at home against the Houston Rockets. Eric Gordon also with 20 points last night, 4 of 7 from downtown. Tyreek Evans, 21 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds. Drew Holiday, 21 points on 7 of 13 shooting. And Ryan Anderson, 16 points, 6 of 11 shooting. The Pelicans shoot 56% from the field, 44 of 78, and were 11 of 24 from downtown, the Nuggets made 17 three-pointers on the night. And Will Barton, a career night off the bench for the Nuggets. 32 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. Just a fifth player in the last 30 years to put up those kind of numbers when coming off the bench. So defensively, wasn't the greatest for the Pelicans. But you still got to love the offense and the ball movement last night. And the effort, which was not there on Friday, was there last night. And the Pelicans were able to get a win over the Nuggets, 130-125. to 125. Let's uh, go back to last night's game. We'll take you inside the Pelicans' locker room. Afterwards, Sean Kelly talked with Ryan Anderson. Ryan, does a win tonight here in Denver help 
help you all have a better feeling about the road trip in general heading back to New Orleans? Oh, most definitely. I mean, I missed the first few days, you know, with that stomach virus, but I could tell you even just for me, it's been a, a real long road trip and flying back home with a win uh, just makes it uh, just so much better for this group, for the morale of the team. And, um, you know, coach said we took two steps forward tonight and we just need to continue to, you know, ride this this wave, and, but we need to continue to get better and, and uh, continue down that path. What did you all do better tonight? What is more characteristic about this team in a win like this that, as you said, has to carry on? I mean, you can look at the stats. I mean, we moved the ball. Uh, everybody shared it. We uh, had a ton of guys that contributed, stepped up defensively. I think we, uh, uh, you know, we really stuck to the game plan. Um, you know, some guys are going to hit shots like Barton's having a great year and uh, he had a great game, uh, but one guy's not going to win it. So, um, you know, we, we just did a great job helping each other out. Sorry, so you were sick early in the trip. Anthony's sick late in the trip. Somehow he comes back out to the floor in the fourth quarter. Um, what was that What was that like for you guys to have him to be able to help you all finish? It's huge. I mean, uh, you know, it shows his character. And, um, you know, obviously we need him, and, and uh, he's a heartbeat of this team. So when he, he sacrifices like that, it's uh, it's huge. Nice win. Thanks, sir. All right, so as you can imagine, no practice for the Pelicans today. They got in late last night around 1.30 in the morning, so they'll recover today. Then they'll be back at practice tomorrow to get ready for Wednesday night's game against the Portland Trailblazers. We'll have more on that game in our fifth segment with Tremere from the Pelicans dance team, and uh, we'll talk about the Saints and Lions game. Uh, even though the Saints are out of it as far as playoff implications, they were eliminated yesterday when the Vikings and Seahawks win. There's plenty to play for here on this Monday. We'll talk to John DeShazer about that next. Then we'll have Morton Anderson on. Then we'll follow that with Larry Holder from NOLA.com. All right, JD, up next, Saints and Lions preview. Stay with us. This is the Black and Blue Report. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, December 26th at 6 p.m. when the division rival Houston Rockets come to town. The first 12,000 fans receive a free Pelicans t-shirt courtesy of Morris Park. Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music by Five Finger Discount, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole bunch more. See an all-star battle with Anthony Davis taking on James Harden and Dwight Howard. Tickets are limited. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. We begin our Saints-Lions preview with a man who covers the Saints for NewOrleansSaints.com, and that is John DeShazer, J.D. Happy game day to you, sir. Always good to have a game day, especially Monday night game, prime time. All eyes are on you or the Saints, as it were, So, uh, and they usually play well under the bright light, so let's get it on. Absolutely, no doubt about that. J.D., I hate to talk about something so negative. or not so negative, just negative to start off the interview on this Monday. But yesterday, the Saints were eliminated from playoff contention. And, J.D., I know you can't really dive into these players' heads and figure out what they are thinking, but does the mindset change any 
knowing this team can make the playoffs? Well, I mean, certainly emotionally it's got to be a bit of a letdown because even though it's a slim chance, you have that carrot at the end of, of, the, of the stick, so to speak, when you, when you have playoff possibilities. Now that you've been eliminated, you know, if you, if you care a, a lot about the game, and I'm sure these players do, it has to be somewhat of a letdown. And yet, you know, this is where, where your professionalism, you know, comes into play especially. Uh, they showed up last week against Tampa Bay, even though the Saints had lost four straight, and they showed up and they played pretty well in Tampa Bay. And you like for that professionalism to extend uh, not only to tonight against Detroit, but throughout the rest of the season, uh, you know, against Jacksonville at home and then Atlanta for the for the regular season close. So, yeah, you have to just appeal to professionalism and pride right now. Guys are playing for jobs. You know, there are very few secure jobs on a team when you got back-to-back non-winning seasons as the Saints have. So. Nothing can be taken for granted. You hope these guys are going out to give an all-out effort and to and hope hopefully to execute. Absolutely, and it brings me to my next point, which you hear some fans, and I, I understand part of it, thinking, why doesn't this team just lose the last three games? Because that means they get a better draft pick. But it's just weird to me because I don't think you're going to go and tell these guys in the locker room, hey, you go up there and start messing up a little bit. You go out there and uh, give it maybe uh, 50% just so we can maybe get a draft pick. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see that uh, playing out. Do you? Well, I don't see it happening. And fans who say that, you know, to me, are people who don't care a whole lot about their own jobs. I mean, you know, when you go to your job, you've got a certain amount of professional pride, and you want to do the best you can. And these guys, I think about this: you're telling players, "Okay, we, we're gonna we're gonna go half speed. We want you guys to lose intentionally." That's on film for the next that you play for, or the next franchise that you play for, or within your own soul, you know, you know, within yourself that you didn't give a professional effort. So you know to to say to suggest that a team should tank or suggest that you know players shouldn't give their all to me is it's it's ludicrous it's it's absurd it's an insult you know these guys go out there and play this is a violent violent sport and to suggest that you not give your all in a sport that this violent to me just defies all logic and goes really against these guys inner their their inner being these guys are competitive they want to win they've been winners their entire life and unfortunately they get to the NFL. And they don't have that success, but I guarantee you, you chart most NFL players, and you can do the same thing with NBA, NHL, baseball players. Most of those guys who are good enough to make it to that level have been winners their entire life. They don't really get into losing that much. They don't take it well. So to suggest that they should lose games, you know, in order to get a better draft pick, to me, runs counter to everything they believe in. Absolutely, especially when you're playing also on Monday Night Football. It's not like you're gonna. Why would you want to go out there and? embarrass yourselves embarrass the city you don't think the fans want to watch that and watch other people watch that on national television so i'm with you the tanking part same with people in basketball i know the pelicans are 8 and 19 but the mindset of tanking just absolutely floors me no one is going to go out there playing to lose so i agree with you there jd but let's focus on the game tonight um with the saints ranked in the bottom 10 when it comes to pass defense what they, what do they have to do to stop the duo of Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, who surprisingly, J.D., Calvin Johnson, only four receptions for 60 yards in his last two games? Well, I mean, Calvin Johnson is a little bit banged up, so, you you know, if you're the Saints, you know, you, you can't take that into account because Calvin Johnson is still Calvin Johnson. Golden Tate is pretty good, obviously. He went to the Pro Bowl last year, and Lance Moore is going to come in against his former Saints teammates, and he's going to want to play well. But with the Saints, again, it, it, it always begins with getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, because if the guy's allowed to stand around for five, six seconds, he's going to find somebody open. So Matt Stafford is going to have to be harassed. That has been the case for him most of the season. He's been sacked 35 times this year. 
That's an average of about three-plus a game. So the Saints need to get to the quarterback. They need to get him on the ground. They need to make him feel extremely uncomfortable. And hopefully, if they're able to do that, yeah, he's going to make some plays because, you know, these guys are, are pro athletes and they're very good at what they do. So if Calvin Johnson's on the field and he's healthy enough to play, he's going to make some plays. That's, there's no doubt about that. But if you can get to Matt Stafford enough and harass him enough and get him on the ground enough, you might be able to harass him into making a couple of mistakes get him into some three-and-out situations, and then you can take advantage of him. We know the Saints, obviously, the run defense has not been very good either this year. Uh, I think they're giving away maybe 130-plus rushing yards per game. However, Detroit runs it the worst in the league. I think they run for only 79 yards a game. So that might be a situation where the Saints, you know, you want to make every team one-dimensional. Usually making them one-dimensional means stopping the run, making them throw the ball. And if you get them in some passing situations, Maybe you can get to Calvin Johnson, but a lot of that also depends on the Saints jumping out early offensively. You build an early lead, you make a team play from behind, you put them in those obvious passing situations, and now the pressure can come a little bit more easy because you know what they have to do. J.D., let's talk about the Saints' offense. Detroit is a team that ranks sixth in total defense this season. What does Drew Brees and the Saints' offense have to do to put some points on the board against a, a pretty tough Lions defense that's been playing well lately? Well, the Saints have been able to run the football and they didn't run it great against Tampa Bay, but they ran it a ton of times. You know, Tim Hightower with a career-high 28 carry. So, and they were able to control the clock as a byproduct. Of it. You, you control uh, the time of possession. So you know, that means you keep Detroit's offense off the field. And so hopefully the Saints are able to run the football effectively, if not you know, flourish in the run game, but run it effective, effectively enough to where Detroit has to play honestly in the run game. And then you get to a situation where the Saints are going to be able to throw the ball. They've been able to throw it against just about everybody else. They're probably going to be able to throw it against Detroit, especially at home. But you've got to be able to keep that defense you know, off balance. And, again, the same thing for the Saints. They have to keep Drew Brees upright, just like the Saints want to get to Matt Stafford, the quarterback for Detroit. Detroit's going to want to get to Drew Brees because that's where the Saints' offense begins and ends. If you can harass Drew Brees, and we've seen it several times this year, beginning with the first Tampa Bay game and some of the other losses, when teams have been able to get to Drew Brees, the Houston Texans were able to get to him. When teams were able to get to Drew Brees, it throws the Saints' offense into disarray. It throws them off balance. It gets them off schedule. So the Saints need to be able to protect Drew Brees and hopefully stay in some, some favorable down and distance situations where they're not in the third and 12 or second and 13 and, and those kinds of things where they can't really function because you know there aren't a lot of play calls for third, third and 15. But you know third and three and third and four and five, those are manageable situations. And those are the situations they want to be in. J.D., before we let you go, our next segment, you'll be interviewing legendary Saints kicker Morton Anderson, who will be inducted into the Saints' ring of honor tonight at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. What has Morton meant to you and this organization? Well, you know, during the, the Jim Moore era, was, which is when I came pretty much, I knew um, Morton was drafted by Bum Phillips, but he was also here through the Jim Moore era. So that's when the Saints franchise officially became a franchise that was you know, that won some games, won the division title, you know, had built up some expectation. And even though they had that, you know, fabulous defense, the Dome Patrol with, you know, Hall of Famer Ricky Jackson and Pat Swilling and Vaughn Johnson and, you know, one of my personal favorites, Sam Mills, even though they had that vaunted defense, it was really, really, you know, offensively leaning toward the Saints. You know, they play conservatively and they lean on Gordon Anderson a heck of a lot. And so, you know, to have him, you know, be as clutch a kicker as he was for the Saints then. And, I mean, you know, there's a reason this guy's the all-time leading scorer uh, in NFL history and the all-time leading scorer for two NFL franchises. And he was as clutch a kicker as you can find. So, 
you know, the Saints played a lot of games close to the best offensively, and they were pretty much lean on Morton Anderson to win those games, and he'd come through time and time and time again, whether it was inside the Superdome or outside on grass or wherever, Morton continued to come through. And that's one of the things that always stuck out for me about Morton was that, you know, he didn't just score a bunch of points. He was as clutch a kicker as you could possibly find in the NFL. Well said, J.D., and that is John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. Be sure to check out his work all day and night on the website and on the mobile app, along with partner Sean Kelly, who I assume will be a little tired. J.D., you might want to give him a couple of slaps when he gets the dome to wake him up. Well, he could be a Red Bull guy today or, or something like that. He's <laughs> going to need some caffeine, and you know, maybe just because it's you know, him and, and me, I'll just kick him in the seat of the pants a few times to get him going. But right. I'm just doing that because I want to. <laughs> That's a great excuse to do it today. That's for sure. <laughs> JD, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, how about we'll have you on tomorrow just to have a recap. Hopefully we're talking about a Saints win. Sound good? That sounds excellent to me. All right. When we come back, JD's sit-down interview with Saints Hall of Fame kicker, Borden Anderson. Stay with us. New Orleans, get ready for WWE Monday Night Raw. Televised live worldwide from Smoothie King Center. Monday night, January 11th, featuring the return of Brock Lesnar. Plus, you'll see John Cena, Roman Reigns, Demon Kane, The Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, The Divas, and many more in action. Don't wait. Great seats are available now at the box office and Ticketmaster. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing, it's good, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. And we are back here on the Black and Blue Report in Studio B. And uh, we've had some famous guests here before, and that's actual guests we've had here before, had on the Black and Blue Report. And But uh, always a pleasure to have him back. Uh, former Saints kicker, uh, former Falcons kicker. We shouldn't say that part of it, should we, huh? No, no, no. Probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't do that one right now. But Morton Anderson joins us here on the Black and Blue Report again. Morton, thank you for coming and visiting with us here yeah. on this Monday. It's awesome to be here. Uh, Studio B, where's Studio A? Uh, we Studio have a Studio A, a, a yeah, too? Studio A is at the Smoothie King Center. Oh, the Smoothie and, King uh, Center. Yeah, right. Studio C is wherever we can, nice. we can make it. That's probably Sean Kelly's uh, hotel room on the road when he's doing the Black and Blue Report. I'm digging the when Studio he, B. I like it. <laughs> Studio B is strong. I like it. Uh, I like but it. folks, Morton here for a great reason. Uh, going, He's already in the Saints Hall of Fame and now will be has been uh, already inducted into the Ring of Honor, but we'll see the actual ceremony uh, tonight. Uh, at their Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So, more, I mean, of all the uh, accomplishments you've had, um, where does being inducted into the Saints Ring of Honor, honor kind of rank? It's pretty special. It's humbling, number one, because of the three other guys that are in the Ring of Honor. Uh, it's a very exclusive group. you got Archie Manning. you got Ricky Jackson, part of that Dome Patrol, and Archie, who was the face of the franchise for many years and to some degree still is. And then Willie Rowe, probably one of the most dominant left tackles uh, in the business, in the history of the game. And 
So Ricky and, and Willie, of course, are, are Pro Football Hall of Famers. And, um, you know, Archie has uh, created a pretty good legacy for himself with his, <laughs> his family and uh, what he does. So it's just a tremendous humbling honor to, to be joining those three uh, great legends uh, in Saints history. Looking forward to it. You mentioned uh, those two guys in the Hall of Fame. Certainly uh, at some point soon, we believe you'll be joining them there. Um, talk about your Saints career because obviously, you know, that's one of the reasons you will be going up on, in, into the Ring of Honor and, and certainly had a distinguished Saints career here, uh, mostly under Coach Jim Moore. But, you know, you've you, you set too many NFL records for me to go through all of them, but I'll get into <laughs> some of those later. But just talk about your Saints career. Oh, it, it was uh, the formative years. You know, I came here as a 21-year-old young man, an old boy, really. And uh, Bum Phillips uh, drafted me in the fourth round out of Michigan State University. And Bum was the greatest. He was like a grandfather to, I think, a lot of us, especially the younger guys. And it, it was special times in the early 80s. Um, and we just we didn't win as many games at as we wanted to, but we had some success. And uh, when Jim came in, when, when Coach Moore came in, it certainly escalated, and we won more games in a stretch of four or five years than anybody in in the NFL. We were winning, you know, double digits every year, and uh, were in the playoffs. We just couldn't seem to to kind of uh, punch through that first round bubble. You know, we mm -hmm. couldn't get through that first round, but uh, just. Uh, was a, a wonderful, wonderful 13 years here, and a, just really a love affair, not only with the city, but with the fans, the people of New Orleans, and uh, the community. You know, I really got involved in a, a lot of endeavors, a lot of, a lot of really meaningful, uh, you know, community work. You know, Children's Hospital, my Kicks for Kids program that raised over a million dollars for neonatal intensive care and pediatric intensive care down there on uh, on Henry Clay Avenue. And uh, I conducted the symphony with Harry Connick Jr. one yeah, time. Right. So, you know, I I dressed up in a in, in a uh, you know in tights for the ballet. I was on the board of directors for the New Orleans City Ballet. I mean, I I was all over the map. You know what I'm saying? So this was the '80s. You know, the uh, home of the mullet, and uh, yeah, that's you know, that's right, that's right. And uh, it was good times, and and parachute pants, and uh, and headbands, and whatever else. But you know, those were all off the field. They were a lot of fun, but I'll tell you that the, the, the rocking energy in the, in the Superdome was what I remember those Sunday afternoons and those few primetime games we had as well. I mean, New Year's Eve, uh, when we made the playoffs for the first time, where I had a kick that got blocked because the, the Ram, I think it was we were playing the Rams, and the Rams jumped off sides, and I got another try, and, and we made the kick, and everybody went nuts, and it was about 11 o'clock, and New Year's was pretty fun that, that night. <laughs> Let me tell you, the whole place were exploded, and very special energy in the Superdome. It really is. Now, you're able to, to be inducted tonight with your family in tow. Uh, what does it mean, I guess, to be able to have your sons to kind of see a moment like this, your wife, your parents? to actually be able to, to attend as opposed to, you know, having it another time. Yeah, it's kind of surreal because when I started here as a player, you know, family was very important to me, but establishing my own family and getting married was probably the furthest from my mind. Mm -hmm. And now having been married for 18 years and having two boys, uh, Aiden and Sebastian, 11 and 16 years old, who have great friendships here in, in New Orleans and Louisiana as well, 
uh, it's it's very meaningful, and, and we're going to have over a hundred people in attendance. It's it's from all over the world. Actually, we have people from Europe coming in, from the West Coast, from Northeast, uh, from all over. And Saints have just been unbelievable, very gracious, and uh, and we're just looking forward to a great celebration. Okay, now now, folks, I told you I would get back to you on some of those records. Morton owns, I think, twenty plus NFL records, not team records, not. NFL league history records. One being all-time leader in games played, 382. NFL all-time leader in points, 2,544. That's 2,544. All-time leading score for two franchises, the Saints and that other team that we're not going to mention right now. <laughs> um, a seven-time Pro Bowler, a six-time All-Pro. Um, again, NFL all-decade team in the 80s and 90s. Uh, do any of those records stand out above any of the others you know what there's actually a record you didn't mention that i think is maybe more meaningful than any of the ones you mentioned and that's 360 consecutive games scoring that's pretty that will huge. never be broken <laughs> now it's that means you got to be a little again. you got to be a little lucky uh you know but you also have to get some momentum and you got to score in every game in 306 now let's divide that by 16 Yes. That's 20-plus years. Yes, it is. Yes, I it think is. the next guy was Jim Breach at 187. So that kind of – at Just least it was. Double. I don't know. It may not be now, but – so that's significant. But, you know, all records eventually, most of them will be broken. But I think what 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 it reminds me of really when, when you have accomplished something that's historically significant is the the guys and the people it took to get those things done. And it, it, it reminds me that football is such a team sport that, you know, everybody has an integral part in, in that history and in that success. And, and that's what I want to really uh, emphasize tonight in front of uh, hopefully a full, full Superdome is that it's, uh, it's a reflection of everybody. And it's a, uh, I want to share it with all my teammates and coaches and owners and administrators that I've played for here uh, from John Meekham to Tom Benson and the whole organization. It's it's pretty special. You know, it's a Monday night game, obviously, and you have played in some pretty significant Monday night games for this franchise. Just what's the atmosphere that you recall and and the way it can sway uh, and give the Saints a little bit of boost against the opposition? Energy. I, I come back to energy, and, and energy will prevail anytime. You know, if you bring energy to the stadium, you usually have a good chance of winning on both sides of the football in all three phases. You know, we can't forget about the kicking game and special team. But you can see, you know, I've watched enough football and you've watched enough enough football to know that the team with the most energy and the most passion and it, it shines through through the television and when you're sitting in those in, in the stands, that's the team. You know, you've got to have skilled players obviously, good game plan and execute and all those things. But really it's the energy that you can bring on every single snap that prevails and I think a Monday night game to me because you're the only show in America this I mean that is the game everybody sort of focuses on and everybody's watching um, and I remember we played the Dallas Cowboys in the Superdome on a Monday night game it was Tom Landry's uh, last season and it was gonna be his last time in the Superdome mm -hmm. and um, we had a 49 yarder from the left hash with two seconds to go to win the game and when that ball went through the uprights, let me tell you, the, the whole place went nuts. And the adrenaline that surged through my body, it was hard to describe. I, 
found myself running around the outside of the perimeter of the Superdome with my hands in the air and <laughs> have a picture hanging in my <laughs> office where the photographer's chasing me and yeah. taking photos <laughs> and the fans are going nuts and just egging me on to keep running and teammates were chasing me. And I <laughs> and, uh, just remember watching uh, Tom Landry with his hat, that distinctive, you know, the fedora, yes. and walking off the field with his head down. And, um, and that was the last... Uh, honor to play obviously a Monday night game against a legendary coach like Tom Landry but uh, I just remember the, the surge of adrenaline and energy in that place uh, after we won well it will be full of uh, adrenaline and energy tonight I'm sure and obviously it's going to be uh, energized and emotional when uh, Morton Anderson's name goes uh, worthily up onto the ring of honor so you know, folks, uh, if you have an opportunity to get there, certainly you want to be there to witness this event. Uh, one of the great all-time, not just Saints, but one of the great all-time uh, gentlemen and players in the NFL. Um, again, he said some of those records are going to be broken. Um, scoring record will not be broken, I'm sure. Consecutive games will not be broken, I'm sure. Nobody is ever going to lead two franchises in scoring, I'm sure. So, you know, some records you know, are made to be broken. But some uh, will not be broken. So we want to thank Martin Anderson for joining us here on the Black and Blue Report. And we will be back in a moment. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule friendly, like offering same day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. It's Saints game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. It's time to put a bow on our Saints-Lions preview and to help us out with that, I welcome in Larry Holder, Saints columnist for NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Larry, nice to have you on the show and happy game day to you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Larry, I, I want to start off by asking you the same question that I asked John DeShazer earlier um, in this show, but just with a little twist. I asked him what the team's mindset might be since the Saints can't make the playoffs anymore, but I wanted to ask you what should Saints fans look out for in these last three games knowing that they can't go to the playoffs? Look, I, I do think uh, this is a, a different kind of scenario uh, than last year uh, when they were out of the playoffs uh, scoring in the Week 17. I think uh, there's enough young talent uh, that need to develop. And, uh, look, if they can rattle off two, three, four games in a row, finish eight and eight, uh, or even seven and nine because it means you win three of your last four games, uh, you can – build momentum uh, through these last few games and going to 2016 just because uh, last year's roster uh, wasn't quite in the same fashion. Uh, and, look, you saw the veteran purge of last year. But I think a lot of the younger guys, particularly for me, uh, I think Andres P gets better every week at guard. Uh, I think you're seeing some development there. 
and also, uh, of course, defensively as a whole, uh, you're wanting to see some of these young pieces get better. And under Dennis Allen, uh, you know, two of the last three weeks, uh, the Saints have probably played better than we've seen a lot of uh, uh, before uh, the firing of Rob Ryan. So I think there is still uh, some things that fans can kind of get into knowing that the backdrop is, all right, you're preparing for 2016 at this point. I'll get to Dennis Allen in just a little bit, but I do want to kind of piggyback on that. You talk about Andres Pete on the offensive side. You said a couple young players on the defensive side. Is there any particular players or maybe a certain group that you might want to see improve or evolve over these last three games heading into the offseason? Well, defensively, uh, I just want to see how they keep using Stefan Anthony. Uh, they used him a little bit differently last week. They took him off the field in some third down situations. Uh, and then I, they keep kind of uh, mixing and matching uh, how to use Haoli Kikaha, uh, whether it's a traditional strong side linebacker or uh, maybe putting more hand to the ground as a defensive end. Uh, we've been seeing Dennis uh, use him more as a, a traditional linebacker and kind of have him be that fifth guy along the edge. So uh, I, I'm looking at that. Uh, I'm also looking, uh, I want to see if Delvin Bro could keep on going. And uh, tonight is going to be a test that no matter who he defends, whether it's Golden Tate or whether it's Calvin Johnson, uh, you want to see him keep progressing uh, because he's not going anywhere for a while. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, he is one of the, uh, if not the biggest and brightest pieces that you you were at least able to discover uh, if you're the Saints. On the defensive side, you mentioned Dennis Allen, and you've mentioned the improvement on defense two of the last three weeks. Um, what are the biggest differences you're noticing from a Dennis Allen defense compared to Rob Ryan's defense? I think you're showing a little bit uh, different blitzes. Uh, I think particularly against Tampa you saw that. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that uh, Danell Ellerby was able to get back in there. Uh, he's by far your more, uh, most reliable linebacker on the weak side. Uh, but they're still having to deal with injuries, but they, they are showing some different things uh, as far as using Kikaha and, I, like I just mentioned, using Stefan Anthony. And so um, with, with that, uh, you can see the, the communication is there and because they're trying these different things uh, and they're not getting caught. Look, they're, they're be, being able to be successful. And so uh, with that, I think, I think Dennis tries to build upon that, and I think the team – and the players are starting to be more in tune with what he's bringing to the table. Absolutely. On offense, you wrote a great pre piece the other day, excuse me, on Willie Sneed comparing him to Lance Moore, who makes his return to NOLA tonight for Detroit. What are some of the similarities between them, and what do you make of Sneed's play this season? Well, the background is a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, undrafted guy, uh, played in the MAC, had to kind of work their way onto the roster. Uh, and build confidence with Drew Brees. But, uh, yeah, I think they're uh, – and even Willie Sneed said this. Look, neither one of them are the fastest guys, but uh, they're able to read defenses quickly, uh, run sharp routes. Of course, they have reliable hands. Uh, and like, and you, you, when you gain the trust of Drew Brees, uh, he's going to throw you the football. And, and, I, and uh, we mentioned Delvin Bro on one side. I think Willie Sneed on the offensive side is probably the – the biggest gem you found all year, uh, and uh, look, you know, if he has a couple of big games uh, these last three weeks, uh, he could hit the thousand-yard marker as a receiver, and Brandon Cooks could as well. So, uh, you know, it's something to where you want to keep seeing 
progression because it doesn't look like Willie Sneed's going to be going anywhere for a while either. So, uh, but yeah, I think both guys uh, were able to get in tune within the offense, and both guys kind of just grinded it out to make a roster. Uh, and and you know those guys don't quit grinding once they make it there. I mean that's uh, uh, they're always have that mentality of they got to fight for a job. And uh, I think Willie Sneed's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think he can. Uh, he could maintain this, maybe even get a little bit better, uh, you know, next year or two. Did you see this coming during training camp, thinking that Willie Snead not only was going to make this team, but have such a big impact on this team, and like you said, potentially have a thousand-yard uh, receiving season? Make the team, yes. Have this kind of impact, no way. Uh, like I, I think uh, he was able to open eyes right away, and it's very similar to Lance Moore. I mean, uh, reliable hands always getting open, and he kind of worked his way up uh, through the depth chart. Uh, because really, you looked at the preseason and you looked at training camp, you were figuring that Brandon Coleman and Shontavious Jones would be uh, big-time contributors. Uh, Shontavious Jones has been on the practice squad, and Coleman has gotten a little bit more within the offense these last couple of weeks. But Snead has been an impact the whole year. So I, I, I could tell you I didn't see that coming. Uh, but you could tell the way he played in training camp and in preseason that he would be on the roster. You just didn't know how much uh, he'd be relied upon. And he's been relied upon a lot uh, uh, this season. No doubt about that. Um, before I let you go, Larry, I know there's no playoff implications on the line, but what are some keys tonight for the Saints to leave the Dome with a victory tonight? I think uh, as Sean Payton pointed to him, uh, one player specifically you got to look out for, and that's uh, Ezekiel Ansah. Uh, he's really become one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, I think you want to keep tabs on him because uh, the Lions are going to try to use him in some different ways. Uh, also, I just think defensively, you better have a plan uh, for Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. And, uh, you know, the Saints a little bit banged up at cornerback. Uh, but, you know, you got to have a plan for those guys. And uh, don't forget, you know, last year the Saints had a big lead uh, in Detroit and kind of let it slip away. you, you got to take care of the football. Uh, you can't give up big plays. Uh, and, and, and both of those happened last year and, and foiled them. So, uh, and, look, I think the fans, even tonight, they know uh, what the implications are. They understand the, the Saints are out of the playoffs, but I think the savvy fans are, know that uh, there are things to watch out for. And so I think they'll, they'll be able to get involved in a Monday night game as well. No doubt about that. Should be a good one at the Dome tonight. Saints and Lions, 7.30 on ESPN. That's Larry Holder, Saints columnist for NOLA.com and the Times Pick You. And, Larry, thanks for the time. We hope to talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, Daniel. No problem. When we come back, I'll wrap up this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, time to wrap things up on this Monday here from Studio B. And uh, joining me here in Studio B is Tremera from the Pelicans dance team. Good morning, Tremera. Happy Monday to you. Thanks. It, it's it, definitely a Monday. I was about to say, is there ever a happy Monday? As long as you wake up, I think it's a happy Monday. Okay. Very, a happy day in general. Very true. I also got John DeShazer here. Uh, he decided to stay for a little bit longer after we talked to him about the Saints game. And, uh, J.D., it's a big one tonight there at the Dome. Uh, the Dome should be rocking. A big night with Morton Anderson in the Ring of Honor. Um, should be fun there on national television. Yeah, that's kind of the main thing. You get a chance to celebrate Morton, all-time leading score in franchise history, a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame already. Hopefully they will uh, correct that oversight in the near future, the very near future. Um, Saints, we know, already have been officially eliminated from playoff contention, so you have that working against them. But this is a team that you know, wants to finish the right way, hopefully finish out this season with victory after victory, maybe a four-game winning streak to hopefully get to 8-8. To eight and eight. You want to there's a difference between a 7-9 and nine season and an 8-8 eight and eight season. One season says you had a losing season. The other says you were a non-losing team. And yeah, it's you know, a little bit of a play on words, but you want to finish out the right way. So hopefully they'll be able to muster it up against Detroit because a lot of these guys say, look, all of this is about being on film and, and hopefully finishing out the right way, and the film doesn't lie. So we'll, we'll know who's giving what kind of effort pretty soon. No doubt about that. Uh, since we have Tremere in here, that means the Pelicans planner is uh, about to be up this afternoon on pelicans.com throughout the rest of the week. So, Tremere, we, uh, I've been I'm a little tired. We had a late Pelicans game last night. It's been a late West Coast week, so you're going to have to fill me in. I don't even know what day it is. Um, so what's going on this week as far as the Pelicans are concerned? Yes. Well, Wednesday is our version of the Christmas game where the first 8,000 fans are going to get a Christmas ornament by our great friends people health all right so you definitely have to get there to get one of those it's a great addition to your tree absolutely and besides the christmas game that the pelicans will be playing in miami we have a game the day after christmas which should be fun and exciting we play the houston rockets and the first 12,000 fans get a Pelicans t-shirt by Morris Bart. All right. So do you all have anything special planned for the holiday, uh, I guess, edition of the game on Wednesday as far as a dance routine? Oh, we do. We, you can't say anything about it, though, I'm can you? I'm not going to tell you. You just have to come to the game and see for yourself. Absolutely. So pick up your uh, Christmas ornament. Come to the game on Wednesday. JD, um, you're not going to be on that Miami trip, are you? No, I will not. I still got some um, bah humbuggishness in me because you know we are doing the game before Christmas and and uh, after Christmas, so you know I'd rather be doing nothing. But uh, <laughs> but hopefully uh, we'll get a Pelicans team that'll that'll extend what they did in Denver last night. But no, I will not be in Miami uh, for a for an 85 degree Christmas. I'll just be here for I guess what a 75 degree Christmas. Yeah, you said? yeah, pretty much the same thing, right? Except yeah, exactly, it's Miami. Exactly. So either way, either way, you'll be sweating. And then, I, and then either way, you know, I won't be in 
in Miami working, but uh, but the Saints will practice on Christmas Day, so you know, hip hip hooray! All righty. Um, before I let you all go, I think we have to talk about some that blew up my Twitter last night, and it wasn't just the Pelicans win, but um, Miss Universe. And I know JD watched the thing from start to finish, and recorded oh, exactly. it on his DVR. Um, Steve yeah. Harvey announced the wrong uh, winner from last night. Did you all, any of you see it? And what was your reaction to it? I'll start with Tremera. Um, I just couldn't imagine that happening to not only Steve Hari, but the two contestants that were there, the runner-up and the winner. I know. I was more embarrassed for Miss Philippines because she didn't even get her moment, Mm -hmm. you know, of the crown and the sash and doing her little victory walk. But I was literally in shock. I didn't know how to react or what to say. My mouth was just open. Yeah. JD? I didn't see it. I'm, I'm guessing that might have been the case of Steve already thinking like a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't see it. I mean, I, I can't imagine the embarrassment uh, that went along with it. And, you know, I was kind of joking when somebody, you know, somebody texted me and told me what happened. I said, well, that's what, what, that's what happens when you, when you hire a, a comedian as your host. Yeah, or something like that. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that. I, I can't imagine he'd be back as a host another year. But certainly, I, I can't imagine that kind of thing. I mean, it's you know, it's got to be devastating to be announced as the winner and then you know have this kind of error, technicality, whatever the heck it was, come up and to have to literally give the crown back. That's that's got to be one of the most humiliating moments in TV history. It was just so awkward, just because the both of them came up at the end after Steve Harvey admitted the mistake and they're both just standing there like, okay, someone's going to have to take the crown off her head because I'm not going to be the one to do it. And we're not going to have like a miscongeniality brawl on the stage right. for getting the crown. So it just took way too long for last year's Miss Universe to come on the stage and be like, yeah, we're, I'm going to need that crown back. Right. We'll, we'll trade these flowers out. You get the smaller ones and I get the bigger one. It's just, it took too long, I think, to develop afterwards. Yep. It's just really awkward. You know, I don't. I, how can? But how can? You, I mean, even if you do it like really quick, I mean, the embarrassment is still going to be there. So oh, I yeah. guess the only thing left is to do it really, really, really fast. And if it doesn't happen really fast, then that just compounds it. But the whole thing, I mean, the whole you know, announcing the wrong person, I can't imagine. You know, if if that's my daughter or sister or what, I run a, with like a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> I think this will be something that'll be talked about for a while. Yeah. What not to do on live television. Thank God this yeah. is a tape yeah. podcast, by the way. Yeah, I'd that, be in trouble. That, yeah, that would that would be the that would be reason number one and exhibit A, B, C for for tape a tape uh, addition to that. Absolutely, and and the to make things worse, Steve went to go apologize on Twitter yesterday, and he misspelled Colombia and the Philippines in his first tweet, so he had to delete that oh, and no. then re-apologize. But of course, it always gets screenshot no matter of what course. happens. It's not a good night for Steve Harvey. Whew. Not at all. Not at all. Well, yeah, I guess he can. Yeah, he's got a radio show in the family feud to fall back on, so maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll, maybe he'll be the butt of few jokes. It looks like uh, maybe JD, you'll be the host next year, then, right? Well, you know, I can spell Philippines and Colombia. I can tell you that. <laughs> and you can read a, and you can read a little card there, right? <laughs> I can, I, I can actually read the card. So I might, you know, I won't dress as as, as nice as Steve, and I hadn't written any books, but I can probably read the card, and I think. I can spell, you know, Philippines and Colombia. All right. Well, we'll vouch for JD to host Miss Universe next year. Um, that, sh- that should be fun. Um, that'll do it for today's edition of the Black and Blue Report. Big thanks to Tremere. Tremere will talk to you on Wednesday for a big Thank game against you. the play- Trailblazers. And make sure you log on to NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app for all your coverage today with JD and also Sean Kelly. Uh, if you can wake him up, 
uh, will be there for the game tonight at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, 7.30 on ESPN. Until tomorrow, JD will be back to help me wrap up, hopefully, a Saints win. Of course, we'll talk fantasy football. And Greg Anthony from NBA TV and Turner Sports will be on to talk a little Pelicans and storylines around the league. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelican fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.